0: Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners prepare their business for exit so that you can maximize value and exit on your own terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort, and today I'm talking to my good friend, Kevin Harrington. Welcome back to the show, Kevin. Hi, Daryl. Hey, look, uh, today on our hit list, we're responding to some uh, feedback and questions we've been getting from people around the place. And that is, what's the value of having a valuation in your business? If I'm not thinking about exiting my business in three to five years, if it's you know a couple of years away or, or maybe even further, why do I want to get a valuation now? Why do I want that valuation to be from a reputable you know, expert as opposed to just having a look at my industry and, and doing a, a, a random five times my profit or, or some sort of number that is the understood uh, standard valuation for my industry. What do you think?
1: <clears throat> Big subject. What's the, what's the value <laughs> of valuation and why you do it early is your question. I think the first thing I do is I put a question back and say, well, if you're not going to do it now, when are you? the value of the business five minutes before you sell it or even is the value of your business when you have to do a distressed sale and someone walking by offers you an amount of money if you leave it that late where where are you going to go i think that the valuation is something that people should be doing from the very start of running a business i take this i take a different view. I'd say it's not a case of how late can we leave it. It's why didn't we do it from day one? What's our our business worth on day one? And each year, taking a fresh view of it, we're running a business to earn an income, to employ people, to satisfy our clients. But ultimately, perhaps our ambition is looking at the asset value. And so if it's something you measure and you measure regularly, oddly, it stands a good chance of growing.
0: Yeah, and... I guess look, there is a school of thought out there that says the only reason for, for creating a business is to sell it. Now, whether or not you align to that school of thought, um, you, you are going to have to exit your business one day, regardless of what school of thought you align yourself to. You know, there are a lot of people that go, hey, look, I'm never going to sell my business. Why do, I want a, why do I want a valuation? Well, if you're not going to sell it, you are going to hand it over in one way or another, whether it be... Because you leave in a cardboard box, or you just at some point you just get too old to run it, or for whatever reasons you just want to move on and leave it to a family member, MBO, succession. You need to know what the valuation is. So there's, <clears throat> there's that. So we need to prop a proper sort of valuation for insurance for those unplanned exits. The, the other, well, another thought is if, if I'm, I'm only going to build my business to exit it. I need to start thinking about my business in terms of what is the asset value. A lot of growth consulting out there. There's a lot of you know people who focus, and this is not necessarily a bad thing. But they they want to grow grow your business. There's growth consulting and developing your business. Now that's great when it's focused on revenue and profit, and and growing your profit will absolutely grow your valuation. But that's only half the equation, isn't it? There's a whole other side to growing the valuation of your business, which is focusing on the intangible assets, the things you can't see, and the hard assets that will together boost the valuation of your business. Now, why do you want a higher value business? Because a higher value is is actually a better business to run. So let's explore what are those things that that make it a better business to run, make it more uh, enjoyable to run and make it less risky and more attractive to, to be acquired when the time's right. All those things that put you on the front foot rather than the back foot. So, what, what, I don't know, it creates a line in the sand. What, what are some of the things that you, you see out there?
1: Well, if, if we're talking about the type of businesses that we, we're talking to day in, day out, the situations we often find people in at the very beginning is they've just got a notional idea of what their business is worth. And that's usually um, pretty much a plucked out of the sky number um, because they yeah. friends sold for that price, whatever. The things that, that make a material difference, apart from just going it's revenue times a multiplier or profit times a multiplier, are, as you say, the intangible things. And it's the things that distinguish a business Now, it needs to be distinguished in the marketplace. And a lot of the the growth stuff is around distinguishing it in the marketplace. But we need to get businesses to distinguish themselves to the potential buyer. So what's a buyer look for when they want to run your business and take it over? It's an organized business. It's something that is demonstrably clear how it runs, what its secret source is, what its intellectual property is, um, and knowing that that business is sustainable in terms of its market position, um, its contracts, all sorts of other things. And so, what's what's a buyer look for? If they're they're looking for that business to be bought at a price where they can see a chance for them to improve it and grow the asset value themselves, rather than going, it's a bit of a guess buying this. If I buy that business. Uh, I might lose money. And so a, a buyer wants to look at reducing the risk of it, of investing in the business. And a lot of that uh, is around the systems, the processes, the intellectual property, and so on. And we know from our experience that when people start focusing on tidying those things up in a great way, the business inherently becomes more fun anyway. So that journey of doing it every quarter usually people are sensing improvements in the place and that makes a more energised positive business attracts buyers as well oddly customers can sense it so why why aren't we doing those things all the time and uh, um, I go back to what I said earlier perhaps we should be thinking about that from day one um, rather than leaving it until we're 20 years into a business and going now's the time to do it but it's never too late to start but Unless you want to sort of exit the business tomorrow when you're going to have no choices left.
0: Yeah. You, you said something at the beginning of, of there, Kevin, that really caught my attention. And that is as business owners, we're always very thinking, we're customer focused. We're thinking about what does the customer want? How do I adapt my product to to meet my client's needs, my customer's needs? How do I ensure they're engaged? How do I look after them and make sure they're happy and, and getting what they want and we're solving their problems? And if I do that, I look after my customers and they buy more and they come back and, and therefore I get some repeat business, which makes life a little bit easier. The distinction or, or, or the elevation perhaps in thinking is, well, what if I start thinking of my business as the product? At some point, yes, I have a marketplace where I'm servicing my, my, my clients and I'm looking after my clients in the marketplace and I'm servicing a need. But at the same time, my product, if my business is an asset, I need to start thinking of, as my business as the product. So how do I look after my customers' needs from that perspective? What do my customers want? Who are my customers when I'm selling my business? So if I know who my customers are, I know how, what they value and therefore what good looks like to them. So I can prepare my business to be attractive to them. So if I start to think about what my business is worth from my customer's perspective, my potential buyer, then I can make some adaptations to, to suit there. When we start talking to businesses, and here's the alternative side of things, they're thinking about the value of their business from their perspective, not their customer's perspective. So you gave the example of they're just plucking a number out of the sky or they're going, hey, look, I know a guy down the road who sold his business or her business for for seven times multiple or whatever it is. The, my business is better than their business, so I should get at least that. <clears throat> they're not aware of, you know, it's seven times what. Yeah, we, we talk about seven times profit, but, uh, and most business owners aren't aware that you need to make some adjustments to those financials in most cases, to make it a, uh, the financials reflect how the buyer would run the business and what the financials would look like in, in new hands. <clears throat> and then where does that seven come from? Is it, is it three? Is it five? You know, what, what, when a customer buys a business and they, they, they apply some or some sort of multiple can be applied to it, they're making a whole lot of assumptions of certain things, um, governance, uh, systems, that, that, that just infrastructure being in place in your business. When they come and do due diligence and they start uncovering that those things aren't in place, that that seven or whatever the starting number is, is going to drop substantially. Or if they find that there's a whole lot of extra things in place, they'll go, well, hang on, I, I might pay a bit more for this. And then all of a sudden, if you've put the work in, you're, in other words, you're on the front foot, all of a sudden, your potential customer base for your business opens up. The starting point is the only potential customers are, well, I'll sell it to a competitor and a competitor is the lowest buyer because they're only ever going to buy your um, client base. They, they don't care about your systems. They don't care about your brand because they often want to just roll it into theirs. The more sophisticated you build your business, the more you open it up to a wider client base, and therefore they will they will see more value and they'll pay more for it. And by having a valuation in your business today and an, an evaluation that shows you how the valuation was calculated and all the reasons why that valuation is lower than what you might hope or expect. It gives you time to put things in place so that your business is more attractive to a wider marketplace. And that's what we're talking about here, isn't it? That's the whole concept of exit planning is that if we know what the starting valuation is, And we know all the reasons why the valuation is what it is, then we have some idea. And and hopefully, if we're working with a credible advisor, they can show us all the things that we need to do to put in place into our business to achieve that best practice type of valuation and what the value potential is for our business. So what's our starting valuation? If I put all these things in place, what's that gap and what is the potential to my business? And then I can start
1: working in that direction. Completely right. It made me think about the the dangerous parallels here with the National Lottery. That We'll move on from this point in in a moment, but many people go, I know what the value of my business is. I'm guessing it's 15 million pounds or or whatever the number is. And that's a a dream number. And they just assume that might be true. And it's a bit like looking at uh, what the National Lottery jackpot's going to be There's a number there, and you can start dreaming about winning it, can't you? Um, Now, the first thing you need to do to stand a chance of winning the lottery is buy a ticket. So you actually do need to do something. And the the comparison with business exits is it's no good just having your dream number and doing nothing about it, because if you do that, nothing will happen. We know 80% of businesses don't sell. We know out of the other 20%. Half of those don't sell on the terms that people want to sell them on. So just having that lottery-like dream number um, that isn't formed out of any great uh, science is very dangerous. You've got to have an accurate straight edge and you've got to have that because that might be more than the money you need. It might be way off what you need. You don't know. Once you do know, You've got something to track the progress. I mean, when people work with us, um, we can revalue their business a year down the road and we can demonstrate what the change has been and people can see how that progress is happening. And it's it's not because they're doing clever things solely around increasing revenue. It's because it's becoming a more interesting and well-run business that a buyer with with a bit of foresight and 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 good continuing management can sustain that development of the business and i think the challenge is that many owner-managed businesses people come from a single professional background single skill professional background it might be accountancy it might be um making making buildings it might be technology whatever Um, and it's a it's a considerable chunk of leap of faith, really, to go, yeah, well, I can also manage the exit of my business all by myself. Yes, you can run a business, you've proven that, you're running a profitable business, but exiting a business is a different skill. You know, I, there are many professions I cannot do, full stop, many, many. So what do I do? I hire a professional, and maybe more than one. And the absolute start point is a proper valuation. What is my business worth? And some people end up pleasantly surprised and go, do you know what? With that money, I could happily sell my business without doing a great deal more. And, and they're pleasantly surprised. But most people that, that we meet end up a little bit of a surprise because, as you say, the buyer's got a different perspective. Um, and it's, if all the knowledge of your business is in your head, Um, rather than than in documents and processes and and, um, reports and so forth, Um, how's that that buyer going to take over the business? You want out, don't you? You're going to sell at some point. You don't want to end up being an employee for your business down the road with a a lock-in where you don't get your money. So you've got to help a buyer fully understand what they're buying so they can run it, run it immediately without your help. Yeah,
0: look, it's a, it's a, it's a reality check, isn't it? Like for the business owner, um, let's, what's the makeup of an entrepreneur, a business owner? They're they're typically goal oriented people. They're, they're forward thinking people and they often want to set targets and smash targets and change the world. So they're the sort of people we're dealing with. So they like things to run for and aim at. And, and, you know, they like (laughs) one of the things they do like doing is, is, um, doing what people say they can't do. So you've got those those people who like to break the mold and and uh, break free and say, well, as soon as you tell me I can't do this, I'm going to go and do it. And then you've also got the people who just like to achieve things and win. So they do better each year, and they like to win, and they like to set a budget and 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 break that budget. So the first thing is that having a valuation gives you a reality check. It gives you a reality check of how someone from the outside is looking at your business. And and when we're saying valuation let's face it one of the things we're talking about is what we call a business insights report which is so much more than just a valuation it's 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 a valuation plus it gives you all the insight into how that valuation was was determined so once you start showing a business owner hey here's here's the valuation of your businesses today And here's what the potential is. Here's what the valuation could be if you were running a best practice business and you made it attractive to people, a wider audience, a wider customer base. You're basically setting a goal um, with them when they've got a time frame, two or three years, three to five years before they want to achieve that goal. So while they've still got energy to run and achieve that goal and smash that goal, they they will know they've now got a plan of what needs to be done. So first thing is we've got a reality check. We then get a potential of, of what is possible given what they've already built. So we know the starting point. So a reality check around what the, the current value with the business could be worth, uh, the current, what the business is worth now, and what the value potential is of what the business could be worth. You're not going to achieve that overnight. It's not a case of just turning a couple of switches and, hey, presto, there's the new valuation. There are, there are things that you need to put in place. There are things fall into really two or three categories. There's, there's internal factors that will affect evaluation of what you can achieve. And there's external factors. So all the internal factors are the things that you want to focus on. And some of those internal factors are profit related. And some of those in, uh, internal factors are related to how reliable your business will be of achieving those profits or continuing to achieve that growth into the future without you being around. So the more that you can shore up the likelihood of those revenues and profits being achieved after you, the more the valuation will increase. And they're things like, you know, what are, you mentioned contracts and, and you know, what's your position in the marketplace? Do people come to you or do you have to go to them? Uh, are people coming for your product, your proposition, or are they coming for your people? Are they coming to key people in, you, in your organization? Are they coming to you? Is your business revolved around you? If it's revolved around you, you've got some work to do if you really want to increase the valuation, because without you, the business vaporizes. <laughs> so we've got the reality check. We've got the value potential. Then then we've got to go. We, we've now got a plan. We're going to go, OK, so what do I have to do to close that gap? How do I close the gap? Because if I already knew how to do it, I would have already done it. So all these things that require closing the gap, I've now got time to find people to help me to close that gap. And then because I know what that gap is, I can determine the, you know, is it worth getting this person and their cost to close that gap? Is it worth it? And I've, I've got to, rea- again, that reality check. So it really puts me on the front foot Of knowing where my business and understanding why my, well, and and in this case, intangible assets are so good because when a buyer does come and they start trying to chip down, I'm well informed and I can talk my value up. If I know and I'm prepared and I know exactly what the the components are to building my valuation, then when the negotiations start with someone who's done it many times, they're not going to push me around. They're not going to put me on the back foot. I'm not coming from a reaction place. I'm coming from a proactivity place. I'm going to stay my ground and I'm going to be in a much better place with those negotiations. So it's, 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 a, it's a proactive strategy as well as a, um, um, a goal strategy. I, 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 I guess we're saying.
1: And so most, most businesses are pretty unique in that the combination of the component parts, uh, and the, the way they interact are different. There's, there's no such yeah. thing as uh, an equal business. Yeah. And I find it interesting that uh, if you think about us, well, we, you know, we own a business, we own a house, we own a car. We, without, without blinking, we know what our car's worth, plus or minus 10%. We know what our house is worth, plus or minus 10%. But our, our biggest asset is a business. And there is no Parker's car guide for for businesses. It has to be looked at as you just described. It has to be looked at from from all its components, its asset value components. And most people are only ever doing that once. It, they need a bit of help doing it. And you know, we've we've been well, we've been doing this since two thousand and nine, haven't we? As a as a company, um, there, there's there are systems and processes for. For easily identifying and benchmarking against competitors, but the thing is, when you get that, when you finally get that knowledge, you know your baseline you're working from. And as I said earlier, that baseline might be that might be fine. Most often, people can see an upside. We can normally demonstrate the upside as well, and and people can then move towards that. And a, a lot of owner managed businesses have have gone through that fun early phase and hitting one or two walls on the way but you know it's it's the early days may have been exciting and challenging and and as a business gets to 15 20 25 or more people a lot of people start to find it a a, a problem or, or not as much fun because it does get more complex and and it has to have structures in place and you know we're finding quite often now aren't we that uh a, a, someone that's looking to buy a business, one of the first things they ask is, well, what's the structure? Well, why is it like that? And and usually because they're smelling a floor in, in how things are structured. And if you can get it structured properly and understand why it's structured like that, maximizing the utilization of people, which doesn't make it sound like it's fun, but actually the output of it is most employees and business partners enjoy it more because they know what they're supposed to be doing and all of a sudden people start enjoying themselves again and i think there is we talk about ultimately about wealth i think there is that kind of personal wealth about being happy and and contented that's as important as getting the monetary wealth out the end of it so our experience is that if you if you get the right valuation of the business get the right um, plan to move forwards you end up achieving both those objectives, that kind of personal wealth that uh, of of happiness and so forth, plus the the asset value which a buyer is going to readily identify because you set it up in the right way.
0: Yeah. And if you've got a plan in place, you've got half a chance of achieving it. With no plan, when you're just meandering along, there's no chance you're going to hit it. You'll, You'll end up having to take what you get. But with a plan, you've got half a chance. So, Kevin, hey, look, let's touch on the business insights report that you know so these conversation we've been having so far today is is around what we've seen in the marketplace you know what we notice when talking to people and that's that's why succession plus exists you know we, we've had lots of conversations with people like that over the years so we've we've built a solution to that problem the problem being that i don't know what my business is really worth i've got a gut feel of what it's worth i think i need this much i'd like to get this much for it so we've gone, well, let's build a product, the Business Insights Report, that gives them a reality check that says, hey, look, sit down. Here's what your business would actually be worth from a buyer's perspective today. It's through a someone who's sitting alongside you rather than sitting on the other side of the table. So they're working with you. And they go, here's the reality check of what your business is worth. Now, don't panic. Here's all the reasons why the, the valuation is what it is. Here's all these red lights, if you like, or the red flags that that are what are holding the valuation back. If you put all these things in place, and they're they're typically over about 21 steps, which is why we've got the 21 step program. But if you put all, address all of these issues across the 21 steps, here's from all of our market research globally the business would be worth. So the value potential of your business. Now you can't. Address all of those issues in in five minutes. It takes, on average, two years to address all of those issues and build your business into a robust state, so that you know someone when they come and assess your business for real, an actual outside person who is sitting on the other side of the table, when they have a look, they are convinced and they 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 feel comfortable that everything is in place as it should be, and then they will they will offer and they'll be quite happy to proceed with with doing a deal knowing what, what what they're looking at. So the reality check is that the business insights report shows you what your business is worth today and what it could be worth, and then puts a project plan in place for you. So that's, you know, I thought it's worth discussing that on the podcast today. You get a number of people asking us, so, oh yeah, great, you're talking about exit planning all the time. What is it that Succession Plus bring to the table? First phase is well, let's get this business insights report. Let's figure out the realistic value potential of your business and then you can set a plan of action from there. Yeah, and,
1: and I think one of the really strong points about the Business Insights report is it it ends up displaying that information either visually or in, in tables and and, and and text and so forth. So it does help people thoroughly understand it. I mean most people react to the the a plus to E minus scores and, and the component parts of it, which is very visual. Um, it comes across a bit like a, a, a private health health check. Um, you know how, how, how am I, you know, do I need to, oh, my cholesterol's near a line there. That's that I can, oh, I could do something about that. But I didn't know that was a problem. Oh, what you mean I'd be, I'd live longer, but you know, my life's worth more if I could just address that. And it's a very quick way of identifying what needs to be done. Um, and then other other people get more excited about the the more detailed uh numbers calculation bits and so forth um but it it is an absorbing read and and it, it does tell people where their strengths are so it's not just about going your week it shows you where your strengths are and and often we end up working with people positively building on those strengths while we're also making sure we bring up the other areas yeah, you know, it's a lot yeah. of benefit sometimes in accelerating the strengths.
0: Absolutely, and 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 sometimes you know, depending on the timeframes required, you might choose to just work on the strengths uh, mm. and just do what you have to with the with the red flag. So it gives you what helps you understand what your options are now that it's presented to you, and and you've got a full insight. It's also worth noting that you know. This is, this is not a thin report. This is a hefty analysis into your business. We're talking 50-odd pages of, of analysis around all the things that a buyer looks at and you know, all the things that we're doing as entrepreneurs, we're just not looking at on a day-to-day basis. We're looking at the financials and the, and the cash flows and, and, and what we need to run our business and keep our business growing sustainably. But this is an analysis of all of those, those, that data um, that we're not using on a day-to-day basis Typically, so if if anyone listening to this is is curious and go well, how do I find out more about a business insights report? We'll just put a link in the show notes, and you can you can get some more information from there. We've got a download for you. Um, it all begins with insights, so we've got a nice little e-book for you if you want to download that and just understand that'll share with you what the business insights report is all about. But closing off this this conversation today, Kevin, how would you what what are the key points you would want listeners to take away from today?
1: Obviously download the that ebook is the first thing to do because it consolidates everything that we're talking about but it's um, don't let the valuation just be that sort of dream lottery win number uh, because you just made a number up and think it's going to happen um, don't be scared of asking the questions about how this how these things work. I talk to us talk to talk to any people that specialize in succession planning and business exits and, and say, well, how does that work for us? How, what would that look like? Because it's a very simple conversation and you know, a, an hour over a cup of coffee and people will discover what's going on. But the crime is, the absolute crime is if people don't start planning to exit their business until they, they're almost forced to at the end of their, end of their careers. Um, how does that pan out for the individual How's it going to work for all their friends and colleagues that they've got within the business? How's it going to work for their family? There's a there's a big responsibility as a business owner. And plan it start planning it now and you can exit the business on your terms and achieve an ambition for many other people as well as yourself.
0: Yeah, brilliant. For me, it's all about reality check. Let's, you know, confirming what you've said, let's get a reality check. Let's make sure that it's it's not a hope number or an aspirational number that we're working to because that could affect everything post-business. <clears throat> let's get that reality check and make sure that we're working to, to an informed decision rather than what we hope or feel to be the case. So brilliant. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us today, Kevin. Um, and or, as always, Appreciate your exit insights.
1: Yeah, thanks, Darren. Talk soon.